know when you're recording. I am recording. Oh, you're recording. <laughs> Welcome. Sneaky stuff. <laughs> Welcome to the Granger Comedy Podcast. Yeah, I've got. I know. Oh, it's you're not, popping the mic, there, Bruce. Um, This is the whole conversation we're going to have. You've written it down. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I haven't. George Costanza. It. Welcome. Uh, I'm Ross. I'm Chris. Is and, this on your sheet? No, no, no. Oh. And welcome our guest today, Alan Catman. <laughs> yeah, hey. hey. Do you have Jeez. a cat? No, but I like them lots and lots. If and you're a man. I am. Well, that's yes, most of the time. Okay, cool. Anyway, uh, as you were, Ross. Al- Alan is a is a comedian. He's performed at Cranked Comedy, but you're also a drummer, right? That's right. That's yeah. my main creative outlet, I would say. Yeah. So, like, normally I'd try and do a jingle at the start, and I was, um, and since you're a drummer, I just <laughs> thought maybe you could like give me a beat, and I'll like try and like improvise this sure. song. Let's go about 120-ish BPM, kind of simple. <laughs> Crank a comedy podcast. <laughs> what is this episode's current task? <laughs> Topics covered will be vast. Soon Joe Rogan will be surpassed. There's more verses. Should I do it? Should I do it? That was good, Alan. I like that. That was. I like how you you kind of like contributed i like the preparation i like the, the pre-thought there was there was a bit of that that we were discussing on the on the um very stylish ride over mm. um obviously like i feel that royalty today because i was picked up for this podcast which just makes you think i mean you know you've made it when you get picked up to be taken somewhere back on the drumming thing yeah because they say there's a lot of similarities between comedy and music yeah because comedy is rhythmic mm-hmm do you get that? Like the, sure. the setup and like the punchline. It's like a song. All, yeah. That's the way I sort of approached it. The first couple of times I did it, I just thought I was really nervous. You know, getting over the nerves. All right, come on, come on, come on. And I was thinking of a, you know, it's just a song. It's a five-minute song or a three-minute song, whatever length of time I had. When you're playing a gig as a drummer and you're tight and you watch the crowd, people move to what you're doing. So it's a fundamental thing. And similarly, people will occasionally laugh to what I would do at a comedy gig, you know? I thought you were going to say, as a drummer. (laughs) Getting laughs as a drummer. (laughs) Not as many. It's more just a sort of a face of someone with the hand on their beard just going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, because it's very technical. Now, drummers have this reputation for being dumb. (laughs) How do you? (laughs) Wow. It's it's yes and no. Yes and no. I do a lot of dumb every day but then i mean speaking of myself is kind of weird but what my friends will tell me is that i'll come up with some random that's just philosophically on point sometimes so i think it kind of goes both ways can you remember any of those things what's the subject though i need Uh, a bit of help chris huh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, twisties (laughs) twisties well that takes me just straight to is it better to be having mouth pleasure and enjoying something or doing the long road towards health? You know, and I'm always somewhere in the middle there. The mouth pleasure. That's always like. You mean like eating? Or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Is it, do you always go for that or do you go for health sometimes as well? Uh, the mouth pleasure. Always that? Yeah, yeah I love a yep. bit of mouth pleasure in the evening. I like the, I like the, um, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. <laughs> Way. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. 
So, Chris, now you know why I've got Alan on the podcast. Because he loves talking. You love, like, you are just a really great talker, man. And I remember your first spot at Cranker, you kind of did this stream of thought consciousness that it was rifled with expletives and it did really with the energy was like intense and you got some hell laughs and i just i just remember that about i didn't know you from a bar of soap yeah, yeah. go on you need to tell no, me no, about no. your experience no tell me from your experience i was gonna tell you the backstory of how yeah. that bit came about yeah so oh the the whole stream of consciousness you know, it was about this truck driver that started off in one part of the country and drove all the way without sleep. But that came about actually uh, from being in the hills with a mate and just, you know, just getting a bit silly. It was doing like the Aussie, yeah, mate, I got pulled over the other day, cop breath owed me and I had 100% alcohol content. <laughs> well, I, ra- I didn't, I didn't, it wasn't two times over. It was just said your whole body is now alcohol. And I just found, because we were just, on it and i just found that hilarious because it's obviously taking things to that extreme i thought what if you just took it to the the most extreme you can think of that's what i remember but being on this is the funny thing about being on stage you forget you're in this other place do you can you relate to that you just yeah, it's, yeah. it's ethereal almost. time time goes stage time time acts in a different way it does yeah it like oh goes really fast or something and if you're someone who likes being in the moment you know the new age stuff of like be in the moment be present mm. all that stuff go on stage you will um, uh, 10 seconds will feel like 15 minutes but it's also one of those things where you need to be on it and planned and rehearsed and often when a comedian is speaking they are thinking of the next thing to say so it's like their brain is one step ahead of their mouth almost Mm. that's interesting because with music when i felt the most comfortable drumming was when i could imagine the next beat while i was playing the beat before it which meant i was rehearsed basically. So if you relate that to comedy, it would be like, if I'd done the set enough times. And that's another thing that I think you found interesting when I told you is that I realized I started doing comedy for a very self-indulgent reason to just find out what I wanted to say on a larger level than just my friendship groups or, you know, people close to me. It's like, why am I the type of person that at home, you know, will stand, watch a comedy set and then pause it and stand in the lounge room and talk to whoever's there and do comedy. Like, what is that in me? And that was the journey through that. So it was strange for anyone who'd seen me more than once to think like, wow, like what are we going to get tonight? Which I think would be interesting for a listener too, as long as it was good stuff. Any thoughts there, Chris? Is there anything else to fill in the gap of how you got from pausing comedy? Yeah, to- what was it actually like? Because you used to come as an audience member, didn't you? And yeah. Then, and then I don't really remember the step from you. Um, did I was like, you got to try it, man. It was and then fringe. You, yeah. It was basically, I remember sitting myself. I went to the Rhino room, the old one before a hotel was there and basically was loving the fringe that year. It's probably 2017, 2018. Can't remember. A lot of alcohol was involved, but I just remember being out in the world and just thinking, I'm going to just park myself at that venue and watch every show from start to finish. And I did, I just paid whatever it was, 70, 80 bucks and just watched from the time they opened to when they closed. And I just sat Front row if I could, but I was watching a comic, Michael Bowley, I believe. Bowley. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Sorry Bowley. Um, and um, he was doing a really good set, right? Anyway, I was so excited to be watching comedy and drinking beers by myself that I took my shoes off and sat on that the couch. And um, he, like, he didn't know I'd taken my shoes off, but when he asked a question to the audience 
I just went, I was so excited to be part of the thing, the back and forth that I had ice in my mouth at the time and I spat it out and he goes, wow, you're excited to talk to me and you're not wearing shoes. And it got a laugh. And I went, huh, I didn't even try to do that, but people found it funny because I'm a bit weird. So that's the moment I went, okay, okay. I reckon I could maybe do this. And then it was a lot of walking around at night towards the bus on the way home, just thinking, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. Listening to Richard Pryor or whoever comedian I was into, you know what I mean? And then it was a case of building myself up to go, all right, just do it. And the thought I had was if you get on stage and say words, you've done comedy. Do you know what I mean? That's I'd, debatable. I'd, I'd qualify that with if you get up on stage, say words and get and laughs. get laughs, yeah. I've had <laughs> then a couple. you've yeah. done comedy. That's the thing. Yeah, good point. You've good attempted point. comedy if you've if said words. If it's the words, other one. Yeah. yeah, good point. Good good yeah. distinction. But there. you can also get laughs without saying anything too. I actually, I might say about some of your stage presence, Ross, if I can, just some of the times that you would do the eyebrow raise when you had a certain reaction from the audience at large or a certain member, and that would get laughs too because people were zoned into what you were saying, that they were, every little thing you did was potentially comedy and a lot of times was comedy. Do you know what I mean? That's interesting, yeah, because I remember hearing Jerry Seinfeld talk and him saying when you first start doing comedy, like the first five years, it's literally just what you say. Mm. But then the longer and longer you do it, it's not just what you say. It's your facial expressions. It's your body. It's, it's you know, every element of the stagecraft, mm. how you hold the mic. You know, you're, you can use your whole body essentially. But when you first start off, you're only really thinking about the words. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not 100% true. But like, because Seinfeld's kind of like, for me, he's like the king of comedy. Mm. He said something really interesting in one of his interviews. An audience will tell you what's funny about you if you're listening. So if you're if you're aware as a performer and you might do something funny and it might get a laugh and then you might go, okay, and like you kind of put that in the back of your head and go, okay, that because I started doing this yep, yep thing, like just in between jokes. Yeah. And then I had comedians coming up to me going, yep, yep, yep. And like I didn't even really know I was doing it. Mm-hmm. And just stupid little stuff, things like that, where it's like it's punctuation essentially, it's verbal punctuation. Um, you know, to segue and then that turns into a bit. Yeah, kind it's part of, of your thing. And shtick. That <laughs> it reminds me actually of one of the times I did at the old Rhino. I was so out of my mind, probably nervous and just trying to remember what I was going to say that I did most of the gig to the wall without realizing it. Like I was talking to the wall, not the audience. And then the MC came up after and went, don't know what's going on with that wall, but um, it seemed to be pretty interesting. And that was that when I, I didn't know that I'd done that because I was so in the light. Remember what you're saying? Yep, do that bit. Then that, oh, don't go there. Oh, you said something wrong. And one of the biggest times I feel like was that I did like, and this is all learning. So it's not really, I don't really beat myself up over it, but I accidentally did a bit of Carl Barron on stage and it got a laugh and I went, oh, shh. Like, that's not, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. And I just remember thinking, like, my heart sank on stage. Because that's one of my artistic integrity things is, like, that's just, regardless of whether it works, it's just like, no, nah, that's not. I'd rather bomb 50 times with my material than do someone else's material. Do you know what I mean? So, that was a learning experience. What were we talking about in the car when we were talking about you were raising some How far would you take a bit? Yeah. Where's the line? <laughs> and I think that line changes is what we got to. What we understood is that, you know, if you've got a bit and it's working on stage, but it could start offending people if you kept going with it and kept getting laughs, where do you stop? You know what I mean? Like a lot of, I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts and um, a lot of the people I like listening to talk about, oh, I could tweet something and ruin my career. 
which is real, you know, if you're a professional entertainer, especially in America. And it's kind of like, you know, that is also like on stage, you could say something and it could be taken out of context or, you know, news story, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes that's, you know, if you're an influential person, you don't want to say something that's going to make people go and do bad things. But it's just like, if there was comedy gold to be had there. And I like, I think my favorite comedians are people who go there, but in a clever way where you learn something, you have a laugh and it's not just offensive. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm. But it's a tough one in the moment. You don't want anyone to go, oh, come on now. Come on. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> but that you know i don't feel like that's the same kind of vibe in in somewhere like the cranker on a tuesday night yeah we were saying it's like a it's kind of a safe space for artists and the audience kind of get that and occasionally someone does push that line but i think most of the time you know it's pretty good and you know like if you don't get a laugh then obviously you've gone too far or it's just not funny yeah so you just you know and the other thing like you know if anyone is listening who's an aspiring or thinking about doing it comedian is that and I think it was Dave Chappelle who said this, is like someone asked him, are you ever worried about bombing? And he's like, no, because nothing happens. And it's true, really. Unless you bomb in a bad way where someone's waiting for you in the car park kind of thing, you know. But if you just bomb in an embarrassing way, which I've definitely done, in a in an hour, no one really notices, cares anymore. Maybe some people go, oh, that guy's a bit, you know, not funny or whatever. You but care. For you, you care more, I think, obviously. Yeah, and then you, you wake up the it next day and you. you might be like, ah. Oh. It feels but then you've got motivation, I think, to do better the next time you perform. That's it. And I did. I remember doing this. I remember there was a time I was really tired. I wasn't kind of, I wasn't, I guess, in a good space to do a set and I hadn't prepared. I would, I'd been lazy. And I got up and just did uh, a bit about having gone to the nude beach, right, in Maslin's. And it was bad. It wasn't good comedy. Um, cause I was relying on those very like, you know, adolescent kind of jokes and things like that, but that experience of going through that. And then there's a, there's a f- photograph taken as well as I was leaving the stage and I was, I was putting the mic back and just like ah, laughing and being a bit like that was shit. but that watching that and then watching my life for the next two weeks and going, everything's the same. It doesn't matter. And then the next time I did it, I prepared and it went a lot better. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what you learn from it. And that's the, that's the point. And I think if you get a thick skin to that bombing, you can actually have fun with it almost, which I haven't got to that point, but I imagine it would be fun to be bombing and then just be sort of like <laughs> to sort of try to turn it around or make fun of yourself or, you know what I mean? There's, you can go any direction you want. Maybe it's like, ah, audience, you thought I was going to be but here it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the other thing is like, I was thinking about, um, just comedy in general leading up to this and the best, the people that re- I resonate with the most are people who just kind of are unapologetically themselves. And I think you can tell when performers are a bit worried about being too real kind of thing. Obviously you don't want to be personal or, you know, let too much go that um, is not good for a public space, but it, it is embarrassing and it is, it is, it sucks to bomb. But like I said, there's no, apart from your, fragilities and ego it's just no big deal thank you for listening to the cranker comedy podcast we hope you enjoyed it you can actually leave a donation for any amount you want any amount could be 75 cents 75 paypal.me forward slash cranker comedy oh thank you wow.